What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the He Said, She Said podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve, as always, joined by my co-host, Ashley Spivey. Ashley, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing? I am on cloud nine because (laughs) we all know where I was this weekend. I saw Taylor Swift in her last U.S. concert before she opens at the AMAs this week. Opening song, opening act. And um, second time I've seen her on this Reputation tour. But yeah, she's got like three dates in Australia and one date in New Zealand and one date in Japan and then that's it. So we saw her last U.S. show. Kind of disappointed in the act she brought on stage. She brought Sugarland. I don't know what the hell Sugarland is, so... Is that a country band? It must be. Uh, yeah, and they sang some song with her. That's when I went to go take a piss uh, and get drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I tweeted a picture out that night TMI. of me in the uh, in the bat in the men's bathroom during that performance. Zero people at the zero men at the stall. There was nobody in the bathroom, and that's what you get for going to a Taylor Swift concert. You leave in the middle of it to go to the bathroom. That's kind of awesome, though. No man, yeah, nobody in that. <laughs> I guarantee, if I would have taken a picture of a woman's bathroom at that place, holy! I mean, that concert was nothing. And that would be creepy. Well, well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that concert was nothing but twelve to eighteen-year-old girls and their mothers. Like it was, there were probably seventy thousand at that concert, and I want to say sixty-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety were women. Okay, maybe, wow. maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit less, but you know what I'm saying. It was, but it was so. It was a lot of fun. She has so many catchy songs. Uh, everybody sings along. It was, it was a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun, and my niece loved it. My friend that I went with loved it. So we had uh, Taylor rocked it. It was really good. And you did a really nice thing for the Make a Wish Foundation, right? Yeah, that was something that came about. <clears throat> I actually, I actually got in contact with them six months ago. It was just something I wanted to do because yeah. I don't know. It's just something I wanted to do because I've just, I've been, I've been afforded a lot. I've been afforded a lot of really cool perks doing this, and I do little things here and there uh, in terms of paying it forward. You know, I, that stuff I don't talk about, but little things here and there. I always do. Probably I try and do like once a month, um, and. But this, there was something, this was something that was on my mind, and I had contacted Make-A-Wish about six months ago. And I just I talked to one of the directors there in the North Texas area, and they just said, look, that's great. We'd love to have your donation, but let's hold off on it because, you know, you're dealing with kids that, I mean, this sounds morbid, but they might not be alive by the time the concert rolled around, honestly. Yeah. So... It was she. She said, "Get back with me in September," because the concert we always knew was October sixth. She goes, "Get back with me in September, and let me know what you want to do." And basically, after my Vegas trip, I had a good Vegas trip in the beginning of September, and I, I, I mean, even if I didn't, I was gonna get the tickets anyway. And um, and I bought four tickets and I donated them. And she said she got back to me this uh, last week and said, "She goes, Steve, obviously." There are I know there are girls in our system that want to go to that concert, so I'll, it won't be hard to find anybody, and you know that have to go with their parent or a friend or something as long as they're old enough. And yeah, she she emailed me on Thursday, told me it was a 14 year old girl named Carly and an 18 year old girl named Jessica 
who were going to go. She didn't give me their. Now, honestly, I didn't know this. I, I've never dealt with Make-A-Wish before, but I was under the impression, and again, it might sound more, but I thought everybody in Make-A-Wish was terminally ill. And it's not right. that. It's no. It's life-threatening illness. Right. So, okay, I didn't know that. So she told me their names, their ages, and where they were from. Didn't tell me what they were suffering from. I didn't ask. Wasn't important. Yeah. So, but she did tell me, and since I bought the tickets, I knew what section they were in. So I got there a little bit early and, and went down and took a picture with them because I wanted to see, and I just want to introduce myself and tell them. And they were, you know, the mother was there and they were, they were very thankful. And it was just, it was really cool. I mean, it was something that I've always wanted to do. I knew I was going to do it. That's so nice. Yeah, it was great. And I'm (laughs) glad they got to see it. I wish I would have been able to see them after the concert just to see, uh, you know, how did they love it? And I got an email from another director that I had never spoken with after I had tweeted it out and they had retweet or put it on Instagram and tweeted it out and they had retweeted it as well. The North Texas of da- uh, make a wish of North Texas. And uh, he said it was just, he said they girls had a great time and couldn't thank me enough. And I said, it was really cool. I mean, I'm glad they got to do it. And like I said, it's something that I do. I do a, a, a lot of little things, but there was this was a big one that I wanted to do because, like I said, this would be the third time I've seen Taylor Swift, and like I said, I get a lot of perks doing what I do, and it's always uh, it's always nice to give back. So I'm glad Carly and Jessica got to uh, got to see Taylor. And uh, did you know this about Make a Wish that once you get a wish, like that's it. That's it. Like I again, yeah. I didn't know it. I didn't know anything about. Have I, haven't you ever seen The Fault in Our Stars? No, I didn't see that movie, but um Um Steve, can you please watch it? That's the one Uh who's the girl in it? Shailene Woodley? Woodley? Yeah. Shailene Woodley? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know I know a, and Ansel about Elgort? Yeah, okay. I know about it. I've heard yeah. But I have You have to watch it. I watched half of it today. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Was it on? It, yeah, it was on FX or something like that. But you could get it on like Apple TV or Netflix or something. Yeah. Um, it was a wonderful book. And actually like one of the few books that they did really well with making it into a movie. Interesting. But they talk about Make-A-Wish in there. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was wishes for kids that and I just didn't know. Like once you get a wish, do you get you get put to the end of the line? And, you know, when she was explaining it to me when I first called her up six months ago, she was saying, hey. You know, some kids are just literally their wish is to go to the mall and go shopping. And some kids wishes are I want to go to Europe or I want to go to New York or something like some kids are just have smaller wishes than others. But, yeah, once you get a wish, it 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 uh, you you're you're just you basically come become an alumni at that point. And you can show up to events and show up to charity events and stuff like that as, hey, this is one of our wish kids that who got this done and and whatnot. So I, I definitely think I'll be in touch with them in the future. Um did you ever see the Make-A-Wish video? I think it was Make-A-Wish video with um, the Dutch Destroyer and Carson Wentz from the Eagles. No, I never saw that one. Oh, my gosh. That's what you're doing tonight. You're going to watch The Fault in Our Stars, and then you're going to watch that video of the Dutch Destroyer and cry your eyes out. No, I can't because <laughs> Dancing with the Stars is on and Monday Night Football is on and Manifest is on. So I will not be doing that tonight. Sorry. Is Manifest good? It's good. I, I'm always interested in that kind of sci-fi time travel stuff. It's very Lost-ish. It's not, oh, I love it's not, Lost. It's not nearly as good as Lost, but 
Yeah. We're only two episodes in, and it's going to be one of these things where all season you're going to be wondering why this flight disappeared. We don't know yet. But obviously these people's lives have changed because they were only gone for three hours, but on the show they've been gone five and a half years. So people who were in relationships, that person might have moved on and maybe might have moved on with their best friend. So it's interesting. It's like what would happen? It's like interstellar. Yeah, it's like what would happen <laughs> if you lost five and a half years of your life, but you were still the same age? Like you walked out of your door tomorrow and came back home at the end of the night and Steve was like I thought you were dead it's 2000 it's 2023 right now Ashley where have you been <laughs> like that's I mean obviously it can never happen but <laughs> it's it always interesting to talk it's always interesting to talk about because I was always like my biggest thing back in the days in the 80s was back to the future like I am a uh, the, the times the things that I have I was a huge Back to the Future fan. I've I've seen each of the three movies at least probably 50 times. I, I talk about it a lot. I am always interested in the time travel aspect of it. That's why I liked season five of Lost, where most people hated it because they thought it was too much time traveling and it got confusing. But I always loved it because there's no there's no rules when you do time traveling in a movie or on TV because there's no such yeah. thing as time traveling in real life. So they right. can you can you can bend the rules a little bit and it's always fun to figure out exactly how people do it and how shows do it. And this one is is interesting because obviously a lot of things happened in five and a half years when these people were thought to be missing and dead. So I'm interested to how the flight disappeared. <laughs> like why did it disappear for five and a half years? And but I'm sure we're not gonna get that until the end of the season, like the finale or something. But you're basically doing an ad for them right now. I know. So go watch Manifest. You're only two. You're only two episodes behind. Well, three. Episode three aired last night. When you're listening to this, so uh, you can catch up on NBC.com. Go ahead. Manifest <laughs> wants to be a, a sponsor for the. He said. She said. Go ahead. And do that as well. Um, speaking of the he said she said podcast, uh, we have two calls this week. We have Melanie in Atlanta. And we have uh, Jenny in Massachusetts. Melanie has a uh, a bad ex-boyfriend uh, who was a very, very bad liar. And we kind of get into, for the first time, I think, in on the He Said, She Said podcast. I've alluded to it over the years, but I've never really gotten into too much detail about what I went through with an ex. But I kind of yeah. do in this one because it, I, I'm listening to Melanie talk and I'm like, holy shit, this is... These are the these are the levels of lies that I was told, and mine were actually even worse. But hey, uh, it's it's bad, and um, it just brought back a lot of uh, a lot of memories to uh, to what I dealt with. So I was very sympathetic towards Melanie, and then Jenny in Massachusetts is engaged and getting a lot of, and and I think she's thirty eight. I think that's what she said. She was thirty eight. And mm -hmm. she's getting a lot of family and friends with the when are you guys going to have kids thing. And it's kind of grating on her a little bit. And it sounds like she doesn't want them at all, but can't tell people no or stop asking, which she probably should at some point because it does come across. That, it's annoying. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does get annoying. And I think she'll have to deal with that going forward. So without any further ado, let's get to it. We uh, Let's get to the first caller. All right, let's get to our first caller. Her name is Melanie. She is in Atlanta. Melanie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How are y'all doing? Good. Good. So what's your situation that you are dealing with? Um, okay, so I guess a little background. Um, I'm in my mid-20s. 
I work in the mental health field. Um, the, the story that I'm going to share um, happened about almost two years ago. Um, and um, I was in the middle of, or I was actually at the beginning of my first year of grad school. Um, and, um, but like, I guess before I get deep into it, um, I, I feel like I really needed someone to tell me that I wasn't stupid at the time. Um, and so when this all happened around the same time that Steve, that you put out the stuff about Luke Pell, um, in that situation. Okay. And so that honestly, um, hit home for me. <laughs> Like when um, Luke, when Luke him, was but, talking um, to a, like when Luke was talking to a bunch of different girls and telling them all the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and promising a lot of things and yeah, um, just being extremely manipulative. Um, and so that like came out like just weeks after things started unraveling for me. So it kind of it hit home for me. But um, so there's some similarities there. Um, and then also with the Jenna and Jordan stuff recently, it's kind of hit home for me too. Um, like I said in an email to you earlier, um, I could definitely empathize with Jordan. Um, but anyways, so I'm going to try and make it as short as possible, but without leaving anything important out. Okay. Um, so I basically, I basically dated a sociopath, um, at the beginning, he was, like, the perfect guy, um, charming, said everything that he needed to say. Um, he said that he was in the Army, um, which is ironic, um, and that he he had this whole sob story of um, getting injured overseas. Um, and at the time, I was really looking into working for VA. Um, and so he kind of played that up, um, in order to manipulate me. Um, looking back, I can see everything now, but at the time I had no idea. Um, but so he said that he like was injured and like had a purple heart and stuff and blah, 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 but it's all a lie. Um, and, um, but so he wasn't in the military at all. He was, he was in the military, um, but he, as far as I know, he, I don't think he was ever deployed. Like he said he was. Um, and I definitely know he doesn't have a purple heart. Um, but yeah, so we had a, like our first date, um, in like early November of like two years ago. And it was like, um a whirlwind. Um, and this is something I know now, um, about abusers, um, is they tend to sweep you off your feet and charm you and make you feel like you're up on a pedestal, um, until you're not. And then, um, so anyways, we started dating and it seemed like everything was perfect. Um, And I tried not to self-sabotage because it was perfect. Um, And that's something I tend to do. But he basically had this, like, list of questions from what I gather to get to know me, to be able to use those things to manipulate me over the time that we were together. Um, And he hid certain things about himself. 
um, that I just decided not to dig at because he didn't want to talk about it. Um, but so he knew a lot about me, but looking back, I only knew like certain parts of his life that he wanted to share. Um, but two weeks into dating, um, his dad (laughs) suddenly died. Um, and he called me because we were supposed to go to, um, the Atlanta Botanical Gardens for like the Christmas stuff there. And, um, he called me and he was like, all he seemed all flustered. But um, he said that his dad died that day from, like, a heart attack. Um, And then he kind of used that, you know, to manipulate me also um, into kind of playing that caretaker, like, that therapist in me. Um, And, um, like, I brought him food and stuff like that. And I was, like, very understanding of, like, him canceling the date and stuff like that. Um, but like he, there wasn't any sort of funeral (laughs) and, um, I eventually looked it up and there wasn't any obituary. Um, he said his family and his parents were super private and this was before uh, the death of his dad, um, that he said that. And so, um, it was a little weird, but I, I mean, who questions somebody when they say their dad dies? (laughs) Um, that's not like a normal thing, uh, to, to question. Right. So I didn't pester him about it. Um, but anyway, so that went on and then, then I was supposed to like go to his military ball and like, um, he used that to make me feel special cause he's never taken anybody to a military ball before. Um, and then I asked him about his Christmas plans and he said he didn't really have any, because his mom went somewhere and it was the first holiday without his dad. Um, so I invited him to my parents' house. And so he spent Christmas with me and my family. Um, and this was just like a month and a half after starting dating. Um, and around that same time, he also basically told me that he loved me. And I thought that I did. Um, but that's just because he was so manipulative. Um, he like, um, just made things move very fast and made me feel very confident in it. Um, so I thought I loved him. Um, I think I loved who I thought he was, but anyway, so things move super fast and, um, he then had me convinced by January that we were going to get married. Um, and when I was like hesitant about it I mean I thought that well I I knew that he was the person for me at the time and when I was hesitant about it he was like why are you hesitant um what are you scared of and I was like I just I'm worried about what other people would think because it's so soon um like I don't want them to think I'm insane because I've had friends who have jumped into marriages after six months and i thought that was a little too soon um this was like like, three right yeah yeah okay um yeah and and he kept using like the line like you know i feel like he god put you in my life at this time for a reason to like help me through this losing my dad etc um 
And so I fell for that. And he really played towards like my faith and used that to manipulate me. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he, he just kept saying, you don't need to listen to what other people say. All that matters is that you're happy. And if they don't, if they don't like it, then you don't want them in your life. Um, I definitely missed that red flag. Um, but yeah, so we were basically like talking about getting married by the end of the summer and it was January. Um, but, um, there was a couple things that should have been red flags for me that I, looking back, I now see after just even learning more about domestic violence, um, and just abusers in general. But like he, I mean, he's shown me a gun before and like flashed it as a power move. Um, I thought nothing of it cause I'm from the South and like, I've never had a guy, a guy show me a gun, but I am in the South and he says he was in the army. So I thought if anyone's capable of handling a gun, it would be him. Right. Well, showed it to you um, in what way, like you said, power move, showed it to you in what way? Um, like during a fight or something? No, it was more of like a, like a showing off type way. Um, showing me that like, this is what he used. Um, it was like a, I don't remember exactly what kind of gun, but it was like a, not a normal gun. It wasn't like a shotgun. It wasn't like a handgun. It was more than that. Um, okay. And the, um, aggressive. Yeah, it was an aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, I don't know what his purpose was, but it was just showing me that he had these things. It's more um, than just like protection for his house. Right. No, yeah. it's like an assault <laughs> rifle or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and like, he like took it apart and put it back together in front of me to like, show me that he can do that. And, and I was just like, that's cool. Like that's, if that's what you like, then cool, but I don't want to touch it. Um, I don't feel comfortable around them. Um, but yeah, so that was just one thing that I guess I kind of overlooked because of what he told me his background was, um, but now it would be a big red flag to me if anyone ever did that again. Um, yeah. But then also when we were talking about the future, he said that he wanted to move to the mountains and like a cabin that, you know, was kind of isolated. <laughs> and like looking back, I, now, I, now I'm like, <laughs> no, I had a weird feeling about that. But like, I kind of just made an excuse for it. Um and then at that point, like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to have kids either. And he was like, yeah, I don't think I want to have kids. So I was like, okay, so that's perfect. And it just kind of seemed perfect. But he just really, it seemed now that he wanted to be really isolated. Um, but um, once I started getting kind of insecure and started to kind of, I guess all those red flags started adding up to me. Um, this was like the end of January. Um, I started getting insecure and um, he didn't like that. Um, so when I would talk to him about things that bothered me, he would, um, he just like wouldn't even try to see where I was coming from. And that's what I'm used to in the past, like in my past relationships is being told that I'm overreacting or I'm too sensitive or, whatever, just my minimizing my feelings is what I'm used to. Um, and so I wasn't okay with that. Um, but one thing that he said that really bothered me is he said something like, would this bother you if you were on your deathbed? 
And I was like, what? No, but it bothers me now. Like it means something to me that you don't follow through with something that you said you were going to do. Um, because that just is a ripple effect of like other things that are going to happen in the future. Um, but he still just kept saying that he was like, I don't know why you care. Um, sorry if you hear my dog in the background. (laughs) Um, but, um, but to him, like my not trusting him was him losing power over me. Um, and so ironically, like, I think it was the God thing that I figured out that we have a mutual connection because we met on a dating app. So, um, I should have known at the beginning that it was going to be crap, but, um, (laughs) but I figured out that we had a mutual connection. Like my friend from undergrad was dating his friend from like middle school or something. And he like rarely ever talked about his life before the army. So that was kind of strange. Um, but once I brought it up to him, then he started getting kind of weird. And, like, distancing himself, like, slowly over a couple of weeks. He, like, he said he got sick. And then that the military ball got postponed. But we would still go. And then he lost his job because his boss is an asshole. And just kept making excuses of why he couldn't see me. Um, and then, then he, like, made the excuse that he had to go to a military reserve, like, weekend. Which he then ex- extended to a week. And then it got really weird, but I just justified it to myself and kind of blamed it on like the military culture. And sorry. And he also did too. He was like, I just can't talk when I'm in this like uh, setting because it's just hard or whatever. Um, And he said that a lot of his issues were resurfacing while he was there. And he like was thinking about wanting to deploy again, even though like a month earlier he was like, I, like, don't think I'll ever want to deploy again because of you. (laughs) And so it was very contradictory and made me question a lot of things. Um, And then he said, like, one thing, he was like, I can't even feel sad about my dad dying. And I was like, okay. Um, So we just had all these excuses. And then when he finally got back from the reserve week, I was planning on talking to him about how I felt. But um, he didn't really listen. And then he called me and he said that we need to like take time apart so we can work on ourselves for him to work on himself and figure out what he's doing and like if he's going to deploy or not, if he wants to, you know, find a job somewhere else or if he's still going to plan to move to the area that I was living at and, um, and that he really needed to, like, seek therapy to, like, help him figure out how to process, like, losing his dad. Um, and so I was very understanding because I cared about him. And I believed him when he said all this stuff. Um, and, like, with my heart and, like, the like I'm in the mental health field. Like, this is what I do for a living. I... I'm a therapist. And so I'm like all for that. Like I'm all for taking care of yourself. And, um, and so I just, I mean, I believed him and then he was like, it's just not fair to drag you 
through my mess. And I was like, you're right. It's not, it's not fair to drag me through the mess, the mess. And, and he was like, but I want to get back together when, when I like get things sorted out. Like I just need a couple months, but I still want to talk to you and like be friends and stuff like that and keep like the connection alive that we had um and he like ended the call saying i love you and i'll text you tomorrow and he never texted me um and so i texted him the next day like just checking in and he didn't answer and then a few days later he changed his like relationship status on facebook and untagged himself from our pictures um (laughs) yeah and so i like figured okay well maybe he needs space and so i gave him like a week or two of space. And, um, then I texted him just kind of like casually saying like, Hey, can we just have a conversation whenever you have the chance? And he never replied. And then I, I saw he was active on Facebook and I messaged him and this is where I got a little petty. And I was like, this isn't fair. (laughs) And he read my message and didn't respond. And so then I, I got pissed off. And then I called him and left him a voicemail basically saying, if he didn't want to speak to me ever again, that's fine. Just tell me. Um, And he never replied. And so I waited a few more days and asked him, then I asked him what to do with his stuff. Um, And I didn't hear back. So I just threw it away. Um, Then Valentine's day. So not even a month after we broke up, um, my friend sends me a screenshot of his active Bumble account. Um, and that's when I like lost it. Um, because I had a, I had an inkling. Um, but that confirmed everything. And so I sent it to him and I cussed him out. <laughs> and um, I told him what he did was shitty. And, and that was before I found out even more. Um, did he respond when you did that? No, no, I have not heard from him. Well, you haven't heard from this guy since? No, I have not heard from him since then. Oh, geez. Since that phone call. Um, (laughs) All right. And there was no, like, big blow-up or anything. It's just you kind of became wary of him? Or, like, you just were like, hey, like, why don't I know, like, anything about you? Yeah, he, like, well, he basically, like, ghosted me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I kept calling him out like when he wasn't answering me and I gave him like it was like a month of me asking him like what's going on like can we talk you know because he said I love you I still want to talk when he hung up you know and so but the way he ended it was very um, where he was still in power <laughs> um, he still had that hanging over me I was a mess. Like, I was a disaster. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you're guy, just so confused. Yeah, I was. lied to you and manipulated you. Oh, and... yeah. He lied to me about a lot of things. And I didn't find out until, like, I the Bumble account kind of made me then start being, like, an internet, like, stalker. <laughs> like, I started searching things on the internet after that. Um I, like, went on his Twitter, like, looked at his Twitter and looked at his, uh, like, mentioned or whatever things. And there was a girl mentioning him on Twitter um, early January before we even broke up. Um, They were together on Valentine's Day. So he had another girlfriend, at least one that I know of. Um, 
and she was four years younger than me. Um, and then I decided, I found his brother's Twitter and I saw, um, a picture from early February, um, of both of his parents. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, his dad never died. Um, he's still very much alive. Did you like contact his brother? No, I, at that point I was just like, I was too much of a mess to do anything. Um, I didn't know what would come from it. The last thing I wanted was for him to just start harassing me. Um, because if you're going to lie about that, like what else are you capable of? You know? Right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, you, li- you lied about a, the death of, of a parent. You know, it, you yeah. know what's, what's comical in all this, M- Melanie is um, it, it's, it's somewhat similar to something I went through a few years ago with my ex in that mm-hmm. at the time things were happening in the relationship. You want to give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Right. And you don't want to, when they say that their father dies, you don't want to say prove it or how do right. I know? Yeah. So yeah. you just go along with things that they tell you and then you find yeah. out later, but you, you have something in the back of your mind and you find out later that stuff that you, had as a red flag in your head at the time it happened mm-hmm. that you didn't question them on ended up being true and you were right the whole time I, I went through the same exact thing and it is uh it's it's uh it's about as frustrating as as you can get because you, yeah. you begin to you begin to going forward every single person that you're with yeah you, you, you can't not compare it to that and you can't yeah. not you know, I had a, I had an ex-girlfriend who basically every time she would tell me a story, it painted herself as the victim to where I could mm-hmm. not say, uh, wait a second, I don't believe that or prove it. Mm-hmm. And I just had to be the good boyfriend or else I look like an asshole when she right when she tells me she was in a car accident and she missed her flight to come see me. What am I going to say? No, you weren't. But yeah. certainly there was a red flag in my head that none of this story is adding up. And, of course, later on I found out there was never any car accident. She was never in the hospital. So, I mean, it, yeah. it, it's, it happens. It's happened to me. And, I mean, I've got, I guarantee I've got just as worse lies that this guy told you that, that my ex told me. And it, and it sure is, um, it sucks because you begin to question everything that anybody tells you from that point on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know that they say don't let past relationships affect future ones, but when you've been through something like this, yeah. it's almost impossible not to. It's impossible. Right. Yeah. Well, and this is typical behavior of a master manipulator. Oh yeah. Where they do this stuff and it makes you feel crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it makes you feel like you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. when in reality they're the ones lying the whole time yeah. and manipulating you. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's what your guy did to you. It's what my ex did to me on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. It it is, uh, and like I said, it, it goes. It went a lot deeper than than that. The, the the lies that she told, and you know, I mean, this guy lied about a dead parent, and that's that's huge. I mean, that's yeah. huge. I that's had, as pretty low as you can go. Uh, that's almost like wishing it on yourself. Well, like, yeah. I, I've got I've got ones that could beat that. Actually, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> what my ex said but no i mean I, on the on the level of a dead pa- saying a parent is dead when they're not yeah for sure you could also yeah. say that um 
I don't want to get into it, but yeah, there, <laughs> there are some, there are some, there are some doozies that were just as big as that, if not bigger, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, Melanie. And since I've been through this, I feel like I have some experience in this. And like I said, it yeah. does, it does affect me going forward with anybody that I'm with because right. I, I can't not question it, especially if it's something where it makes them out to be a victim. I, I the first yeah. thing out of my mouth wants to be, how do I know or prove it? Um, right. But I, what I will say is that not everybody obviously is a master manipulator and not everybody is going to do this to you and not everybody is a compulsive liar. And you just yeah. have to you just have to understand that there's going to be people out there that do do that. And unfortunately, you and I have both dealt with them. But yeah. there are people out there that aren't going to do that to you. And you have to push past the questioning of everything because it will end up affecting any future relationship you want to be in because that person will be like, Jesus, nothing mm -hmm. I do is going to be good enough because right. they, they're going to question every single thing that I say or do because of what happened to them in the past. And it's, I can't, they're just going to say at some point, throw their hands up and say, I can't deal with it. Yeah. That's my biggest fear. Like I'm still, I feel like I'm still fresh out of it. I'm still processing it. I kind of avoided it for a little while. Yeah. Um, like I go to therapy and at first I talked about it in therapy and then like, I just kind of let other problems. Well, I had other problems arise. Um, but I let those kind of take over before I really process everything. Um, and it's recently come about, um, honestly, like it hit me like a train, like two weeks ago or whenever around the time that I first emailed you, Steve, it hit me really hard just because of the feel that I'm in and the work that I do and seeing it all the time. Yeah. Um, and being like, honestly triggered by it. Um, like I had a nightmare, like after I had an experience with a client who's in a situation of domestic violence and, and that's not healthy for me. And so I guess that's why I'm trying to process it now and trying to talk about it more um, and just get it out because I don't tell many people about what happened. I felt so embarrassed. Well, has it affected, have you been on like dates recently where you've started to question things or is it just, this has all been triggered due to work stuff? Um, both. Um, I've been on dates. Um, I've been on like a handful since then. Um, and yeah, I mean, it doesn't go much. It doesn't really go past like a first or second date because I'm just not really, I don't think I'm ready still. Um, mm -hmm. and that's fine. And I, it's okay to yeah. not be ready. Do you feel like it's because more that you don't really have closure in the situation? Or do you think it's because you're afraid it's going to happen again? Oh, that's a good question. I think. Because um, I think in situations where this type of manipulation goes on and even when there's no real closure and you kind of get ghosted in a way yeah. it's so hard to move on yeah because I think from what I've heard you say so far I feel like even though you know this guy was like 
totally crazy and lying and being manipulative in a way I kind of heard you like putting some stuff on you but like you have to know like you in no way caused him to do this or deserve this yeah like this person obviously does it to everyone because he's very low self-esteem that he starts a relationship off just lying about everything because he doesn't feel like there's anything special about him and then he uses all that information to make you feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, do you think it's the, the no closure or just, or is it both? I mean, I, I can see. I think it's both. both. Yeah. Cause um, I, I have that, what Steve mentioned earlier, the, the constantly questioning things like that is something I struggle with now, even just with like, friends and it's something I have to check myself on all the time and be like okay like not everybody is a liar like I just have to remind myself but it's hard especially going into a relationship I'm like I don't know how to even approach this because like I don't know what to share I don't want to share too much because that's how he got me manipulated was yeah by me sharing too much with him. Um, God, this is, what do your this friends is, say about it? This is eerie listening to because this is exactly what happened to me. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, and the thing is, I've I was able to um, I actually got closure because you know I think it was maybe a year, a year and a half after we had ended things, we had a we had kind of a come to Jesus talk, and mm-hmm. I said, look, I want to go over a few things that you told me in our relationship because they they were in the back of my mind from the time that you told them to me. And I just want to know if I was going crazy or if you were just lying. And I literally had a list of the things that happened and Mm -hmm. we went down all of them and she admitted to all of them. That's, Oh yeah. I lied about that. Oh yeah. No, I was lying. And it just, yeah, it made me me feel better. It made me feel better, but it also still anyone going forward. I, I, of course, if I see any of the same behavior that I did, out of my ex, I begin. I, I certainly begin questioning it. So, I apologize, yeah. Ashley. You you had just asked something, but I wanted to throw that in there. Would you ask her? Oh no, I was just saying. What do your friends say about the situation? They, I mean, they say he's a psychopath, and I mean he is. He's diagnosable, um, and they, I mean, they kind of tell me the same thing. Like I can't. Not everybody, not everybody is a manipulator. Not everybody is a sociopath. Like, I mean, they're very encouraging in that. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just like, um, I don't know, just like, that's not enough. It's almost like I have, that has to be proven wrong. Um, But then I'm still going to question it. It's it's just one of those things that I, I feel like I'm just going to be working through for a long time. Um, Yeah. I don't think there's any shame in talking about it. Um, I, I, I mean, maybe my friends got super annoyed whenever I talked about my situation too with a manipulative boyfriend, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I still talk about it and I don't care. Like (laughs) if anything, it helps me feel better because he was seriously a psycho and a sociopath and, did some insane shit. And I mean, I'm still in awe of the stuff that he pulled off. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say too, that 
I don't know if I agree that not everyone's going to put up with it because I, what I feel like happened when I met my husband is, uh, like the very first day I went on with him, I just told him like every crazy story I could think of mm-hmm. <laughs> that had a previous relationship and it didn't scare him off at all. Yeah. And if anything, I feel like he made me feel better about it. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it kind of warned him not to do things like this. That's kind of what I want to do is like, yeah. I just want to be like, don't pull that crap on me. Cause I won't yeah. tolerate it. Like, no. I feel like you should. And listen, if that scares them off, then they're not worth it anyway. Like, these are things, whenever you love someone, you're going to have to accept those bad things about them. It's not all going to be great, and it's not all going to be perfect. And they should Mm -hmm. want to make those things better. I mean, so I think when you get in a relationship, especially one that works, um, Mm -hmm. we all have that baggage. And while it's not the other person's job to fix us, I do think it's the other person's job to work with us on the things that maybe we've had issues in relationships with before. Mm -hmm. So I I feel like not everyone's going to hear those stories and think it's a negative. I mean, if anything, I think probably most people at this point can relate. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't know anyone that hasn't had some sort of experience with someone being manipulative or someone being a sociopath or someone ghosting them. So I almost feel like, you know, none of this is your fault. It's nothing you should be ashamed about when you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? I mean, I'm, Hey, I mean, I, I, this is one of the few callers I can relate to. Unlike last episode where I couldn't relate to a dental dam. <laughs> But, <laughs> the one that just aired today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for everyone listening right now, we're recording Courtney the day I released episode six. So you'll be hearing this in two weeks. But yeah, no, that one, um, this one I can certainly relate to because of what I dealt with and a manipulator and, you know, thinking that everyone's manipulating you after that. And this person using information that you've given them against you in the relationship because they know that you're vulnerable to that spot. I mean, I've been through it all. So for this, I mean, my advice to you, Melanie, would just be not everyone is like this, and it's probably hard to see that right now, but you'll eventually meet somebody and meet a good guy, and you'll, yeah, you might question a few things here and there, but um, I think for the most part, most people aren't that sketchy. And like Ashley said, everyone's got a pass. We all had dating baggage at this point, but I think you'll get to a point where you're just like, I can... I can get through this. This isn't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and question every single thing because like I said, it's going to end up, this person will end up presenting you and just be like, God, I can't do anything right because she's going to question everything. And I'm telling her and I'm doing things just showing her that what I'm saying is the truth and it doesn't end up being that way. So yeah, I mean, I, I would just continue to plug along and you will eventually meet somebody who you will not, constantly find yourself questioning but if you do meet somebody and they're giving you all these vague and weird answers like nobody you have every right to question that because nobody yeah should be there i would just be like listen i dated someone who did this and this is what they did to me and you can't do this to me yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know what i mean because almost i feel like if you don't tell them and then they do something like a little sketchy then you're gonna be like hey listen this is what happened to me and then that's almost like too much to put on them so if Mm -hmm. you kind of warn them and you're like 
hey, my ex did this to me. I'd rather you not do this. And then they'll be a little more aware and mm-hmm. not do that in a way that's going to make you question everything. Yeah. It's just like, a tricky, it's a tricky <laughs> balance. Like, yes. I mean, all relationships are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think I think you'll be okay in the long run. For but, sure. But you have every reason right now to still be not ready to truly open up to somebody. That's that's fine. But you'll get mm-hmm. to a point where you are. Trust me. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, At least you didn't marry good. him. Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> I thank God every day. <laughs> uh, and you made it out, and I think you're gonna be okay. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. You'll be all right. But I, I appreciate you. Melanie sharing this uh, with us because hell, it even uh, it even got me to talk about my <laughs> past a little bit and what I had to deal with. So, um, but yeah, thank you, Melanie, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate y'all. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, that brought back some memories. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, it's so weird listening to her talk and uh, knowing that I went through. I mean, there's so many things that she was saying, like the examples that she was giving, like my ex never said made up that she had a dead parent, although my ex's father did die when she was in her 20s. But that was actually legit. Uh, But hearing the stories about how he would ask her questions about herself and ask her about things and then use that stuff against her like that's crazy stuff. But it's certainly it's it happens. And. You know, you get manipulated and you, you, yeah, you begin to question a lot of things. You begin to question not even necessarily future relationships, but even just people on a daily basis are, is this person lying to me? Is this person making up a story to get over? Uh, It it happens a lot. And I find myself in that position. So, I mean, I had an ex who never made up lies about like his dad dying or anything like that. But he definitely constructed some pretty tall tales and lies um, to conceal all the different people he was either sexting with or sleeping with or contacting on Craigslist to come over and give him like a dirty massage, (laughs) things like that. Um, And I mean, it took me years to get over and not because I wasn't over him, but just more so like. I couldn't believe that I had put up with that. And then I just like really just didn't even want to date anyone after that. Like I even think that maybe I got in a relationship a little too soon after that um, with someone who was like the opposite and who was very, very kind and very, very sweet. But like I just needed to like get all that out of my system before I (laughs) dated someone so nice. Yeah, I think it's you get to a point where you do feel like, oh my god, like I do I even want to deal with people anymore? Do I want to deal yeah. with dating and, you know, how do I know the next person isn't going to do the same thing? And yeah, it sucks, but Yeah. You Cuz you never really know. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't really know anybody until no. you spend a significant amount of time with them. That's why people that you know, we talk about it a lot because it's the show that I cover, but you know, in the bachelor world, whether it's bachelor or bachelorette or even bachelor in paradise, even though you do get to spend a lot more time with the person that you're interested in on bachelor in paradise, like you literally can stay 
with each other every night as opposed to the bachelor bachelorette where you literally have to go back to your mansion and hang out with girls. Um, right. You don't really know the person that you're with because they you're meeting on a show where cameras are following you around 24-7. So you don't know if what they're telling you is just to make them look good on television, if they're telling you the truth because they don't want to look bad. You can't know. And that's why we say yeah. whether it's The Bachelor in Paradise or Bachelor or Bachelorette, the relationship and knowing the person does not start until the cameras turn off because that's when you get to know who a person really is because what they're telling you on the show, whether it's the lead themselves or the contestant and the lead talking to the contestant, the lead doesn't necessarily know if what this person is saying is is real. That's why the whole show is kind of a farce. And, yes, they've had things that have worked out and couples that have worked out, but that's obviously the exception and it's not the norm. Yeah. And I mean, you don't know. <laughs> No, for sure. I mean, even speaking of like <laughs> never really knowing a person, he's probably going to be so mad that I'm saying this. But guess what I found out about Steve? <laughs> what, like recently or after you? Yes. Yes. Is this, is this bad or is it just kind of funny? No, I mean, it's not bad. It made me mad, but only because I'm like ridiculous. But he didn't vote in the last election, <laughs> <laughs> even though he told me he did. And more so, oh, I but he told you he did. See, that's. He, I think I think he told me he did because he knew I was going to be really mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> and he did it, and I found that out. How, so. did, how did you find out he didn't? <laughs> did he just confess, or? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of. It's like a really long process of finding out but more so uh, like you know we just had um primary elections in new york and i went and voted and then i was like hey you know you <laughs> he just got home so he's like listening to me say this <laughs> um, and i was like um I, I just make sure you go vote in the primary basically yeah. and he was like oh i did and i was like oh you know how did you have time to come home and vote before? Cause we were going on a double date that night, which actually is another interesting story, which I would like to talk about at some point. But, um, he was like, yeah, I just went somewhere near my work. And I was like, Oh, Steve, I know you're lying because you can't just go vote anywhere. Like you have to vote at your polling place. <laughs> and then he tried to like maintain that he did. And then I was like, wait, I mean, if you think this, like, where did you vote in the the last election? And he was like, yeah, I voted there. And I was like, oh, man, like, I know at this point, I know you're lying. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, so but, I'm sure right now you've registered him. He's ready to go for 2020, I'm sure. Oh, I made sure he sent in his forms today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I know so many people are going to hear this story and think I'm crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think, I don't know. Uh, I, if we're going to, if we're going to put this back on Melanie, I think that she'll eventually be fine out of all this, but I certainly understand probably more than any caller we've previously had what she's been through and the, the, the tricks it plays on your mind going forward because you just, you begin to question everything. And, uh, for sure. I think she'll, but she'll eventually make it out of it. I did, I think. Yeah. So it just takes time. Yeah. All right. Let's get to uh, that's that was Melanie from Atlanta. Let's uh, get to our next caller. 
Okay, let's get to caller number two. Uh, her name is Jenny. She's in Massachusetts. Jenny, you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Jenny. Hi. All right, let's just get into it. Let's get into this. I know you're having some issues with wedding planning, something that I think a lot of women out there have dealt with before. Yeah, it's totally very exciting. And I have had friends get married and I'm like, why are you stressed out? Like, this is a fun thing. I don't understand why you're so stressed out. And I never thought, like, I always thought I'd eventually get married, but it was kind of something like me and my fiance were like, eventually. So then when we got engaged, I was like shocked. And then like, I just never understood why people got stressed out. And now that I'm in it, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why is this so stressful? So yeah. So basically there's that when like just everyone like wants to give their opinion and like my mother like loved her, but she's like pretty negative and it's like really hurtful. And then also the wedding, like the, um, the children thing is like coming up now. Like when are you having kids? And we've both been very upfront saying like, we don't want kids, but I feel like really pressured. Like I'm putting pressure on myself and also like people around me. Cause it like, they just, you know, they talk about like how it could be a lonely life, but yeah. So that's like kind of like the summary. I don't know if you want me to like go into detail, like on which topic first. Well, I mean, what? you're getting kids, you're getting pressured by kids stuff and you guys haven't even gotten to the wedding yet. Yeah. Because now we're getting closer. Like our wedding's like just a few months away and like there was recently like a, a new baby that came to the family. Um, so now that like everyone else is having babies around me, they're like, oh, well, look how cute. And like, don't you want one of them? And like, I do have like a lot of anxiety, but I've kind of realized like over the years, like a kid is like a lifetime responsibility, like at least 18 years. And <laughs> I think like anyone who has kids, like they are freaking God because I don't know how they do it. Like I have a dog and I can legally leave her home alone when I go out and it's totally okay. Um, and if I don't feel like, like if I want to sleep in 15 minutes later in the morning and not walk her, I can do that. But like a kid, like, and I have a good friend who like just had her second child and she's like, they're great, but honestly, like, it's a 24-7 job. Like, you cater the, to them every single thing that they need. Like, they're you're pretty much, like, their bitch for, like, the next 18 yeah. years or at least 16. Yeah. So, and she was, like, in no joke, like, she's pretty much, like, the only person, like, being straight up. She's, like, childbirth. She's, like, I just blocked that out of my head. She's, like, don't even want to think about it. She's, like, but then you see your kid and it's, like, all right, it's worth it. But she always knew that she wanted kids. And I was always kind of like, well, maybe like when I get older. Um, and now I'm like just a couple of years off from 40. I know I sound like really young on the phone. Everyone says that. But <laughs> I'm like kind of like running out of time. So I think that's kind of why I'm also getting a lot of pressure now, too. Like I recently had a birthday and they're kind of like, well, like, what are your future plans? Like, And I've had people say, well, why are you even going to get married if you don't want a kid? Like, that's the reason that you get married. Whoa. So, I know. <laughs> I know. So I'm kind of like, well, my fiance was very, we both always said, like, we don't need, like, a ring to be in a committed relationship. Like, we've always been super committed for, to each other, and we've been together for a long time. So we're, like I said, like, we always said we'd eventually get married. Um, but it's just, like, it wasn't a priority, like, 
we are all about our careers and we bought a house together and like the house is so much work I'm like how the hell do I I like work like 50 to 60 hours a week sometime I'm like I come home today on a Monday I'm like it's six o'clock I still have more work to do I'm cooking for the freaking dog I'm like how would I take (laughs) care of the kid my house is a mess. I did laundry yesterday. I didn't put it away. So, but we do have like a lot of reasons. And also like, it's a financial expense. Like, it's like one thing, like if one of us loses our jobs, like I can eat off cereal, like, but you can't feed your child like beans and cereal. So, I mean, it totally is like an anxiety thing, but at the end of the day, like I'm also a realist and I'm like, I don't know how I could take care of this kid. Like, so I told my fiance, like, maybe like when we got a little bit older and the older we get, the more I'm like, "Mm." but then I told him I would adopt a kid and he doesn't want to adopt. He's like, if we're going to have a kid, like I want to have my own kid. Um, But he just like, cause I thought maybe he changed his mind. Cause for a while he was like pretty quiet. Like we were getting, pressure to have kids and he's like normally like a pretty like quiet guy on like the yappy one in the relationship so he wasn't saying anything and like oh this was like when I originally reached out to you Steve and I was like really stressed out because I was like I don't know like what to do because like it seems like he may want a kid and he's like not telling me but then eventually one night I was like I really like I don't feel like I'm there and I will ever be and he was like no like if anyone brings it up, he's like, no, he's like, the answer is there's no discussion. Like it is what it is. And, but I kind of feel like I have to explain myself. Um, but my family always knew that like, I haven't want kids and his family, I think they kind of hope that he would change his mind. Um, but then like now, like that we are getting closer and closer to the wedding and the more I get pressure, I'm kind of like, I don't, like, I still, like, childbirth freaks me out, and I feel like people don't talk about, like, the negative parts of it, which I think you need to be aware of if you're going to have a kid. Like, women, like, I know it doesn't happen often, but, like, women die giving birth, and, like, there's a lot of health risk, especially when you get older, and, like, you have to be prepared financially and, like, emotionally and, like, mentally to handle all of that, and, like, no one talks about that. Everyone's like, oh, like, I'm just going to have a cute little kid, and yada, yada, yada. Um, well, you are talking to a nanny. I I can definitely tell you that it's a lot of work. I guess I just, is the issue here, the wedding or having a kid or is it both together? That's just really stressing you out. Both. It's kind of like cold off a bit. Um, cause I've like, I had a talk with him. I'm sorry. I'm like, it's like freezing in my house. So I'm like shivering. I like have the heat on and the blanket on. But um, so it's both because we weren't really getting the pressure until we started to get closer to the wedding. And like, but part of me is like, because people keep saying, well, you're going to be lonely. And like, I don't want to be lonely. And I'm like, but then at the same time, I've talked to people who also like I reached out to like random people on the Internet that were like hashtagging. I don't want kids because I needed someone to talk to because everyone I know wants kids. So I like connected with this one girl and she was awesome and she like felt the same way I I felt and it was kind of just like it is what it is but I feel like I don't know like am I gonna regret it like when it's too late like it like is it gonna be a lonely life like people are like your dog is really not your child even though I feel like she is um that's crazy talk dogs are definitely she's my (laughs) baby so 
but it's like, yeah, it would be cute to have like a mini us, but we're so close to 40 already. And it's like, there's not enough time. Like, well, have y'all seen a fertility specialist? Have you talked about that? Yeah, I don't want to give birth. (laughs) Well, here, here's what I'll say. You have some options. And what I'm saying is, um, one thing I would suggest if there's even a little part of you that is thinking maybe one day you should have your eggs frozen. Um, he says no. He doesn't want them at all. He doesn't want kids at all. No. And I, as of right now, I don't want them either. But then, like, a teeny tiny bit is, like, am I going to change my mind when it's too late? Yeah. Well, what I would say is, you know, he's going to be okay for a long time to have kids. Yeah. Um, you definitely should be thinking about possibly freezing your eggs or talking to a fertility specialist. Um, I mean, there, if for any reason you were like, yeah, I would like to have a kid. I mean, you could even use a surrogate if you didn't want to have the kid yourself. There are definitely other options that aren't just adoption. Um, but one thing I would say is since the wedding is getting closer and y'all aren't, if y'all aren't seeing eye to eye on this kid thing, like it's a really big deal um, once you get married. And maybe it's that the wedding is coming up, that a lot of these feelings are just coming up and it's a stressful process. And maybe that's why things are just getting all out of whack. Um, but if there's any part of you that's kind of feeling that way, this part is kind of more on you. I know your husband is saying he definitely doesn't want them, but can you imagine, you know, 10 years down the line being married and you being pissed that, like, you didn't have kids? I know. And, like, I didn't start feeling that way probably, like, a couple of weeks. But honestly, like, when I see kids and they start screaming, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad we don't have them. Like, <laughs> like I like peace and quiet. But, like, I feel like I really don't want them. It's just, like, I'm getting all of this pressure and it's, like... It's fine if you don't want them, you know? Yeah, but I'm like, what if I change my mind? Like, (laughs) but do I go through the process of, like, freezing? That just seems, like, awful. Like, I don't know. It's not that bad. I would say, have you looked up any, anything on it? Like, to see what the process is like? No. It's not that awful. It's okay. Well, it sounds sounds (laughs) like that you definitely don't want, I mean, it sounds like the only reason you're possibly thinking about having kids is because it's being brought up in your inner circle and people are saying, why face. don't they, why don't you have yeah. it? Yeah. Doesn't yeah, sound, doesn't sound like, like you want them, which is fine. No, I don't. And like, It's totally fine. And I'm like, well, like, he's really like a handsome guy and like, we'd have a really cute child, but like, it would be cute to have like a mini us running around, but that's like not a good enough reason. And also yeah. like, I have a family member who does not have children and she's like in her 60s. And she, like, freaking travels the world and, like, has a great life. And she's, like, it's not that I never wanted them. It just never happened for me. So she's, like, all these people telling you, like, it's a lonely life. She's, like, don't listen to them. Like, I have money. And, like, she's, like, I have a good life. She's, like, it's not for everyone. She's, like, if it happened for me, she's, like, it um, it would have happened. But we've decided that if we have an accident that we would obviously keep it. But... This is, like, really personal. So we've been together for, like, 10 years, and I've always made him use condoms and birth control because I'm paranoid about getting pregnant. 
but now I feel like after we're married, like I can't do that anymore. <laughs> well, um... you could definitely still do that. I mean, so, you, that's you awful. Also, you could get an IUD if you don't want to do that. If you don't I don't care about the birth control. Anymore. Yeah, but the condoms are like uncomfortable for him. So I feel yeah, like they they're uncomfortable for every guy. <laughs> Trust <Yeah>. me. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> They're not, I mean, yeah. they're not physically uncomfortable. I mean, it's not hard to use them. It's just such a mood killer, and they're stupid. That's it my, is. That's my, well, ex, that's not, my expert opinion. It's not stupid when they're preventing pregnancy. Well, I mean, why not? I just, I just, um, they're just, they don't, they don't, add, they certainly don't add. I get their, I get their objective, but they don't add to the experience. You know, and I feel like yeah, he doesn't want to like be intimate much because he's like that's so annoying. Like I don't want to put that thing on. Yeah, it kills the mood. It sucks. Yeah. So, but like yeah, I feel like once we get married, it's kind of like well, now like in like our family's eyes, if we had a child when we're wed, like it's you know we're not going to hell for it, which I don't believe in, but they believe in that. So yeah, I like have a couple of more months to like have preventative measures but that's how paranoid I am that like I use both like I feel like I use the birth control as a backup method but most people like don't have accidents like when birth control these days I feel like that stuff is pretty effective if you take it on time but yeah anyhow so yeah but like I don't see kids and I'm like oh you're so cute I see you see kids and and you say oh my god they're annoying yeah, I'm like, oh my god, make that thing shut up. And like, me and him will go out to eat, and there'll be like a screaming child, and we're like, make it stop. Like, how does it it's, stop? Yeah. It's well, not that I would know from personal experience because I don't have a kid of my own, but I feel like the boy that I nanny is is like mine. But uh, I I hear a lot of people say that it's very different when it's your own. That's so. what my friend said, but still, like, there goes your sleep, like. I just see my life like falling to shambles if I have a child. Like, there goes my freedom. And we just like recently started to have the money to be able to be fortunate to travel. And like, we have the world at our disposal. Like, we built up our PTO at our jobs, and like, we could do whatever. Like, you'd, we yeah, you'd do- rather travel than than raise a child. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, it, it's like you're trying to convince yourself it's okay to have one, even though you have all these negative thoughts about them i think it's just fine that you don't have a kid i mean it's just yeah just i wouldn't worry about it and obviously if it gets to the point where in-laws or circle of friends are constantly bringing you up and constantly pressuring you i would just eventually step in at some point if it gets too annoying to you and just say look we've talked about it it's just not something that we want to do we don't want to we've decided that we don't want to have children i think if you like make an announcement whether it's at a family yeah. gathering or whatever, people will respect that, and they'll eventually like at let our it go. wedding, like with the welcome <laughs> sign. Thanks for coming. We will not be having children. Please don't ask. <laughs> I would, I would one hundred percent do it before the wedding, because it's only going to get worse after the wedding. Oh yeah. Well, see, I have no like my family has known for years. I'm like, yeah, you're. I'm not having kids, but his, like I said, like I think his family thought that we would change our minds. But after I had the talk with him, like I don't want to be rude to his family um but i think if it were to come from him like it would be like better that's what that's what i was gonna say don't put it on yourself put it on him to tell his family like we've decided and i mom i mom dad i don't want to have kids and right put it on him because he seems he seems more adamant about it than you yeah 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that if I really wanted them and I were to, like, be like, I really want a kid, he would just, like, do it to make me happy because he kind of, like, proposed to make me happy. Yeah. Um, in yeah. a sense, I feel like he would do, like, anything to make me happy. But I really, like, when I first met him, like, after we were dating for a couple of months, like, I laid everything out on the table. And the one thing I was like, well, a lot of couples, like, they break up because of the kid situation. So I need to know where you stand right now. And then, like, over the years, we continuously had that talk. And it's like, we would still go out and see kids and be like, ah, like, we don't want that. So we were, like, very honest with each other from the beginning. Beginning. so that's why like recently i was like getting closer to the wedding like have you changed your mind yet like is there something i don't know but he will obviously we're both like if we have an accident we'll keep it so that's when i was like oh like do you hope we have an accident but he's like no like i don't like i don't want that so but i feel like we're on the same page like his family like it just needs to come from him because like i said i don't want to be rude like, they just want what's best for us. And, like, they're so happy with their kids, which is really great. And I was like, we'll be the best aunt and uncle. <laughs> well, that's fine. I think that you're in a yeah. position where it doesn't sound like either of you want to have kids. And if you want to put it on him to tell his family, I think that'd probably be better. So it's not like you disappointing your in-laws. They have to know that it's both yeah. a decision made by both of you. That, yeah. hey, we don't want to have it. And like Ashley said, probably do it before the wedding. That'd probably be easier because it's going to get worse after the fact. and sure. like you said yeah, i know that there's go. some doubt in your mind or maybe i will want to have them if there's any doubt whatsoever and you think you may be missing out later on then and you know an adoption is not an issue for you then you know i guess it just sounds like at least start reading up on um what, what freezing, your eggs. freezing your eggs at least yeah, start reading yeah. up on it and see if it's po- see if it's a possibility because it's something that would interest you because that's Outside of adoption, I mean, what else? You know, like you said, surrogate as well. But what's what's more expensive, surrogate or freezing eggs? Do you know, Ashley? I would think a surrogacy. Yeah. 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 He wouldn't do the surrogacy thing, but, like, if I wanted to, like, freeze the egg thing, he would be like, hurry, like, whatever. Well, I, yeah, I would look into it. Look into it. See what, you, see what he says or see what you think about it. And, right. um... And just kind of and just kind of take it from there. I mean, it sounds like you guys are pretty much on the same page where you don't want to have it. It's not like you have this major yeah. dilemma where one of you does and one of you doesn't and you're about to get married and this could derail your whole marriage. It doesn't sound like that at all. It just sounds like it's other people in your guys' lives that want you guys to have kids and they don't know or they haven't been told like, look, this is our plan. So, I would just but then I would I don't go understand. that route. Why do people say, why are you getting married if you're not going to have Okay, well, that's just ignorance. (laughs) Just stupid. Because that's just a very outdated belief. Yeah. And people are very stuck in that. There are other reasons to get married. Like, you love each other. (laughs) You want to spend the rest of your lives together. Even if that means no kids. Yeah, it's just, there's plenty of, I mean, are, are they in the minority of people that are married that don't have kids? Yeah, but it doesn't, I mean, look at how many married couples there are in this world. There's plenty that don't have kids. It's not like it's a huge, giant life changer. Uh, and oh my gosh, you're like a total outcast in this world if you're married and don't have kids. It's like, like I said, it's well, very more, outdated. I, I feel like more and more people now like are choosing not to have kids. Like than they were. I feel like years ago, that's all they knew, and that's all they did. Yeah. But I, now it's you want people are getting started in their careers later on. 
But like, I never was one of those girls who was like, oh, I'm going to have this big wedding. This is what I'm going to wear. And this is like, this is what my children are going to look like. Like, I never was like, my future had like dogs in it, not children. Okay. Well, (laughs) and that's perfectly fine. I think, yeah, I I think you're good. So, I mean, Jenny, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing this with us because I think there are people out there that probably are in the same boat as you are. And I think your best bet and your the best advice we could give is if you don't want to disappoint your in-laws because they'll think it's all on you, you need to tell your fiancé, hey, maybe you need to bring this up to them and sit them down and just tell them, like, look, we've decided we are not going to have them going forward. And, you know, Jenny feels, Jenny feel feels like a little bad. disappointed. Jenny yeah. feels that it constantly being brought up isn't helping matters. It's a very sensitive subject and we just appreciate it if people don't talk about it and ask, when are you going to have one? Or do you think you'll change your mind? Whatever the case may be. I, I think if you do that, you'll be, you'll be in a better place. Yeah. I know it comes from like a good place. Like they just really want grandchildren and they want, they think that that's what's best for us. So it really does come from like, it comes from a good place. Like they're not trying to be like rude by asking. Um, but real quick, if you want to talk about, like, the wedding planning thing, I never thought it would be stressful. Um, so what I've kind of done now is, like, just stop telling, like, my mother, like, what I'm doing. Because, like, they offered to help pay for the wedding. And I thought that was really nice of them. But I feel like it. I didn't realize it was going to come on strings attached. So oh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm, like, not taking money from them. And I'm just doing everything on my own. Like, we have the money to pay for the wedding and all. So it's like, it's not an issue. Like we're not having like a huge extravagant thing, but we are, you know, upgrading like a couple of things that we like, like the food obviously and the alcohol, which are really important. Um, Very. Yeah. It would be nice to have their help. But so what happened? Oh, so recently um, my mother, she's acts like she's religious, but I mean, she's really not like mother Teresa. So they are super old school and, um, she wants me to get ready at her house. Um, and I explained to her that I'm more comfortable at my house along with other various reasons. And I also explained to her that years ago, people would get ready at their parents' house because they didn't move out of their parents' house until they got married. So she's like very upset that I'm not getting ready at her house. Like, I feel like she's, like, taking it as, like, a disrespect thing um, when really it's just, like, I'm just more comfortable at my house. So I thought she was going to get hair and makeup and everything done with us, and now she's saying that she's not doing that. So she's not going to see me until the church, which I think is bizarre, and I normally don't care what other people think, but like my mother's not going to get out of the limo with me. Like it's so weird, but I'm thinking like, I'm thinking that she thinks that I am going to change my mind last minute. And she's just kind of like holding that over my head, but I'm not. So it's just like weird because like I'm her only daughter and I would think that she would want the special moment of like getting ready with me and helping me get into my dress when she's like, yeah, no, I'm not coming there. Like, so originally, like, she said she might use her own hair and makeup person. Um, but I thought she would still come over and hang out with us. And now she's like, no, like, I'll just see you at the church. Like, what the hell? Like, how screwed up is that? Like, I'm like, are she for real? So, 
we like downgraded the limo. We got a smaller limo. So now it was, we saved like a couple of hundred by getting a smaller limo that won't accommodate her and my dad. So she's still driving herself either way. Like if she wants to play that game, like it's crappy. And I'm really thankful that I do have parents that are still in my life, but I just feel like she's like being so rude about it. And then they had a fit because I didn't want to get married in their church when we didn't even want to get married in a church to begin with, but we chose like a very old church that we really like, we think is gorgeous first their church where they had to fire, fire the priest because he molested some children in the area. So yeah, no, I'm not getting married at their church. Um, but I chose to respect him in that I'm getting married in a church. So yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> Yikes. Ashley, this is more for you. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I feel I feel like there's so many stressful things about the wedding that there are things you should really stick to if they're really going to bother you. But if they're not really going to bother you, then sometimes it's just better to kind of give in a little bit. Like if if you just feel like you're not going to look your best, if you go to your mom's house and you feel like that's really not going to be fun to get ready there, definitely don't do it. But then at the same time, if you could get ready there and it would make her happier and she's not going to be pouting and ruining your whole day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she won't pout. She'll just like drop it and she'll, <clears throat> she'll be upset. Mm-hmm. But, like, her house is, like, an hour away from the venue, and my house is a half an hour away from the venue. Oh, okay. So, See, that's that's different. I was like, why am I going to go all the way over there? And then my girls were going to sleep over the night before, and we were going to do, like, a whole slumber party thing. So, and also I wanted to take photos, like, with my dog, which I could bring the dog to her house. But, I don't know, like, I just feel like I, like, I never felt comfortable, like, in that house, like... Um, I feel way more comfortable in my own home now, like where I have my own stuff and everything and like my own rules. Cause my parents were like, they were very religious growing up and there were like a lot of rules. And now I kind of feel like I am free and like I can do what I want. So I'm not trying to disrespect her by any means. Right. But I also kind of say like, it's my day. And for sure, she, she's like, no, like you have to be considered to other people. And I was like, I feel like we're being considerate of other people in the sense of like, we're choosing foods that we know that a lot of people who are coming like, and we're letting them choose like some of the music that they like and like take requests and all of that. Um, And we're not having like a Thursday wedding, which some people do. I get it. It's way cheaper, but we want the Saturday to be like more convenient for people. Um, And we just made sure that like a couple of the little things were convenient for people. And I keep telling her, I was like, this is the one day where I can make it all about me. But she doesn't feel that way. So, I mean, I'm for us to get married in the church where, like, my fiancé doesn't even believe in God and is, like, so against the Catholic church. So I think that's, like, a huge step, which, of course, I can't be like, oh, yeah, he's an atheist. Um, <laughs> he was, like, raised Catholic, so he has his papers, but... And you offered to have your mom's hair and makeup person come to your place? Yeah, well, I was like, give me her information. Like, I'll hire her. 
But then her make like I I work in sales, mm-hmm. so I feel like customer service is key. And when I reach out to vendors, a lot of them, I don't know if you have the same experience when you were planning your wedding, Ashley, but like they don't respond. And mm-hmm. there's so many of these types of vendors. So if you're not going to respond to me in a couple of days or at most a week, like forget you, I'm going on to someone else. So. I had spoken to one of her girls and she didn't get back to me for a while. So I told her like I had a scheduled trial and whatnot and I booked someone else. So she's like, no, I heard you were rude to her. And I was like, I wasn't rude. Like she's not doing my stuff for free. Right. So, but yeah, I was like, like, let me know who you want to use. And like, we, like I was going to use one of her girls, but not if she's not going to get back to me. So I don't know. Like, it does really upset me that she's not going to come here and get ready, but I'm not budging. There's like multiple reasons as to why I don't want to get ready at her house. Um, But also at the same time, like how weird is it that like, she's not going to come here. Like she's going to only see me right before the church. Like who does that? Like, I don't understand. Hmm. I really hope she'll change her mind before. Well, she doesn't have a spot in the limo. If she does, she's still driving herself (laughs) there. So... (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm just wondering I wonder if there's like any way you could make like some kind of compromise with her where like maybe you go over and do like a lot of stuff with her before that your rehearsal dinner or something you know just where like you could make it seem special for you and her I don't know I didn't think of that but also too it's like no, I know. It's your weekend. <laughs> it's an hour from your house. Like, I don't like I don't want to drive all the way over there. But no, that's right. Like, well, another thing, too, it was actually really sweet of her. She, like, asked me for ideas of what I wanted to do with the bridal shower. Um, and, like, I think it's really sweet that she even wanted to give me a bridal shower. Yeah. Um, so she was asking for my feedback and everything on that. But then we ended up getting into a huge fight with that anyway. But I kind of, like, am letting her, like, now in the bridal shower, I had told her whatever you want to do is appreciate it. And, like, I was giving her my ideas, and she didn't like a lot of them. So I was like, well, why are you asking for my ideas if you're going to, like, say that's not a good one? So then finally, so in that, I was like, look, it's nice that you're putting this on for me. Whatever you want to do is appreciate it. So, but then I kind of feel like the church thing was like a big compromise. And like, I don't know, like, and now, like I said, like I'm paying for everything myself. And like, if they want a gift of some money at the end, I will happily accept it. But I felt like by taking their money, like, which I thought was a gift, it was like, um, it was basically by them trying to control everything and something that upset me too is because a lot of the stuff was very negative up front and like I just felt like I know she really does mean well she is such a great mom and she does want what's best for me which I really appreciate but a lot of it she kind of shut down my ideas without letting me explain them but then it's like that's where it's like it's a fine medium because it is all about the bride and the groom so it's kind of like I want to make them happy but like shouldn't they want to make me happy like am I being like a bratty child to feel that way I mean I feel like this is very common with weddings this is not uncommon at all I think that parents are usually trying to 
relive their weddings or do something differently that they didn't do in their weddings or live vicariously through their children. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's you and your fiance's weekend. So it sucks to be like that. But then at the same time, if they're not paying for things because you've kind of refused their money, then there's not much they can really say about it. Yeah. Well, they're just like, Oh, let us know when payments are due. And I'm like, okay. And then I just don't. Which yeah. is really sweet, like, that they even offered. But, again, it's, like, they want to control a lot. But I don't know. I feel like I'm sounding like a brat, and I really do appreciate everything. No, no problem. I mean, it, it's, like Ashley said, I think a lot of people go through this with wedding stuff. I don't think that you're uh, – people are probably hearing your story right now and nodding their heads. Nodding their heads, like, yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. So <laughs> I, I think you'll get through it. Like I said, I don't think these are are, are giant issues, but – more of a logistical thing. If you want to stay with your girlfriends the night before, I think I think you should. I don't I don't think you should cater to her because it sounds like you'd be going out of your way and maybe going in the opposite direction of where you need to be, and that just doesn't make any sense on your wedding day. Just have it be you and your girlfriends, and like you said, she's she's already not part of the limo, so um, I you know I think maybe she'll either come around and decide to come to you or. It'll just go along as planned, as it, as the plans are right now. So, regardless. Yeah. I I think she's just, like, using it, like, holding it over in my head, hoping that I'll change my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, do you really want to miss out on this with your only daughter? And I feel like she feels the same way. Well, you're going to miss out on this with your mother. But, like, I love my mom, but we've never really been, like, that close. So, I'm closer to, like, my friends who are in my bridal party than I am to her which like makes me really sad but which is fine I almost, yeah and just I almost that's why you should stay feel, with them yeah right. like we'll have a fun girls night and like it's like an exciting day and like i just want to be like very zen and like you know it's all exciting it's just i never realized like everything was so stressful and i don't understand why because it is such an exciting time so that's why when i knew people who were getting married that were stressed out and i'm like how like this is a good thing do you have a planner? No, we didn't have a planner in the budget. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, I think yeah. I think you're going to be in a good place. I know you said it's coming up within the next couple months, so I think you'll be yes. fine. I think your mother will eventually come around or or see your side, or maybe you need to explain it to her. Uh, but in the meantime, I mean, we do appreciate you calling and. No, and thank I, you so I think, much. I think people will hear this and and totally relate. So totally, I, thank you. That's uh, awesome. Thank you for coming on, Jenny. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good one. I hope this helps some people. <laughs> no, no, it no. will. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Well, Jenny, thank you for coming on. And to the first part of her phone call in regards to kids. Basically, everything that she said on that phone call made me realize that she doesn't want kids and doesn't sound like her fiance does either. So I think they're good there. It's the it's the, it's what I'm sure a lot of people have go through, the annoyance of if you're a couple who doesn't have kids constantly being asked, are you going to have them? Why aren't you having them? Why don't you want them? And in her case, people in her family saying that's the way it should be, like why or why are you getting married in the first place? Which is just a very bizarre thing to say to somebody who is getting about to get married and have one of the happiest days in their life. And they're asking you, well, why are you getting married if you're not having kids? That just seems backwards. 
like bizarre 1850s backwards. <laughs> well, and I thought we already talked about this on the podcast, but in 2018, we're not asking people that anymore. Yeah. We are not asking people when they're going to have kids or not questioning them if they don't want to have kids. We are better than this, people. Let's it, stop doing it. It does sound like it's coming from in-laws who are from an older generation. Like, if it was her friends saying it, it'd be a little more disturbing. Like, come on, how do you not know this in 2018? But right. I can see where an older generation would be asking that stuff because that's yeah. not what they were used to growing up. Um, but I think she'll be fine. And the wedding planning stuff just sounds like her mother is being a pain in the butt. And she'll either get over it or she won't. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I just hope it doesn't ruin her day. That's a lot of stuff to deal with. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's obviously a huge day. It sounds like it's coming up fairly shortly. They've been together. I think she said 10 years they've been together. I mean, it's a long time. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what, we'll see what it actually leads to and what happens with it. But, um, so that'll do it for episode number seven, Ashley. Thank you very much. We had uh, Melanie who had some, issues with trust and men after getting ghosted and and then we had jenny with her kids and marital issues but another good episode in the books thank you all for um listening to these and responding to these uh because it's been it's been very helpful uh we've gotten a lot of good feedback on this we're just going to continue to do this so uh yeah we got a lot of good feedback on the last one yeah, the last one was pretty serious. Uh, this one was a little more lighthearted, and yeah, we had a we had a very serious topic last time: dental dams and suicide. So, uh, thanks again to all of you for tuning in, Ashley. Good job again. Um, thanks, Steve. Thank you for being uh, the co-host and filling in and talking about wedding stuff when I had no clue about. <laughs> It's been a while since Always I, happy. Yeah, it's been a while since I've even been to a wedding now that I think about it. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. That'll do it for Episode 7 for Ashley Spivey. I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. See ya. He's telling me no. He's dragging me down. He's leading me on and stringing on.